0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Mary Steiner, owner of Aspire Pilates in Cedar Edge, Colorado. Mary, welcome to the show. How are you?
2: Good, Hannah. Thank you for having me here. Of course. I'm doing good.
1: Awesome. I'm super excited to dive into the business. Um, But before we do that, first, tell us about what made you want to start Aspire Pilates in the first place.
2: Um, Aspire Pilates started uh, in Fort Collins, and I actually started um, in the world teaching Pilates. I've been doing Pilates on my own practice for years. Um, I was introduced to it through my mom. And when we were little, my sister and her, we used to do these mat classes with her and she would drag us. And I just continued on. And um, then I was continuing on with it and I had two hip replacements, um, hip surgeries and replacements because of uh, hip dysplasia. Mm-hmm. And I could no longer run because I was a runner. So I was walking into the gym one day and I noticed this studio and, and on the side of it, there was all these machines and I'm looking what is that? what is that about? So I went in and I was introduced to the trainer And I just started doing reformer machines and I rehabbed actually both hips through these machines and Pilates and that's where my belief came from. So I started in the gym, working in the gym where I was there, I still got my certification and I was working in the internship there. And then the friend who, the gal who was trained me, my mentor, uh, she opened up a studio on the side and one day she came in and said, okay, are you ready to leave the big gym world? So I started right away, I did, and I started Aspire Pilates, and I was lucky enough to have some of my, most of my clients move over from the gym, where I met them over to the studio. So it was more of to move out of that big box gym world for me, and get, instead of
1: the gym,
2: make me get all the commission,
1: so. Yes, definitely, that was a good business move. And what year was that, that you decided to officially start Aspire Pilates?
2: 2019. Awesome. But awesome. I've been teaching previously for over 10 years before that at the gym.
1: Amazing. Okay, so tell us now, Aspire Pilates, how do you describe it to someone who's never been in before?
2: I describe it as about for Pilates or the studio?
1: Yeah, the studio, so like the services that you offer, kind of what someone oh. can expect if they come in um, okay. and, and take a class.
2: The studio is, I love it. It's a quaint little studio. It's uh, right on Main Street in Cedar Edge and it is a two machine so I have two reformers and I teach private sessions and duets so and mat classes also because my machines are the reformer the Pilates reformer machines and they actually are three in one so it's a reformer first and then I can flip it over to make it a tower class And then I can make a third piece, which is the jump board and have a jump board class. Then if I want to do mat classes, when I do mat classes, I fold the machines up, which fold up and they roll off to the side. And I have my mat classes up to about anywhere from five to 10 people in here.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And so you have a unique situation where you started in Fort Collins and then you moved to Cedar Edge. So those who don't know. Fort Collins is a much bigger city um, and Cedar Edge has a population of what, like 2,500, you said?
2: 2,500. Yeah, I went from 185,000
1: to 2,500. Yes. Okay. So tell us how did you market to a small town? What's been like useful for you going from, you know, a big town where you had established clients to a small town where you have to kind of get the word out?
2: I did. Um, well, both places I did word of mouth. Word of mouth was a big part. And I also t- had clients that did follow me over. I was lucky enough that followed me over from the gym, but I still did Facebook, both places. And i continue to do Facebook ads. And the, the difference between Fort Collins and Cedar Edge is there is a paper, The Independent. And everybody reads the independent. I was told, because I said, how, how do I get my name out of there? How do, how do I establish myself in town? Um, and they said, advertise in the newspaper. And I said, the news the newspaper? Re- really? <laughs> Somebody? And they go, yes, they do. They read it. So right along side, um, the cattle for sale is my ad. And there's a bunch of other ads. But there is a great little town with an eclectic bunch of services here that spas and and all kinds of services that we kind of meet together and mm-hmm. we'll refer people. And that's how I get a lot of the business too is I have chiropractors in town who referred me because of the rehab center that I do. I do a lot of what I do with Pilates where I've been trained to um, is work the body, not just not just the exercises. I you know People come in who want to get back into the f- finishing physical therapy. And then they want to get back into working out. So they come in here and they work out. But that's where my advertisement goes to. I advertise in the medical, advertise in the newspaper and a lot of Facebook and a lot of word of mouth. But Facebook is a big one for me.
1: Yeah, I think that's um, kind of an advantage of the small town, would you say, is that you can network uh, much easier with people, you know, business owners, it's kind of easier to meet them and then refer um, to each other. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a plus there. Um, But it can be harder because there's less people to pull from. What's the response been to Pilates in the town? Is there anything else like this?
2: It's been exciting. It's been exciting. It's been a lot of interest, but they're not really sure. I mean, they've heard of Pilates and some of them have done, oh, I've done math classes in the past. And then they walk by because I'm on Main Street and I have a big window. So they'll, so I leave this, I leave the uh, shade up so they can look in and see the machines. And a lot of people come in and they'll, kind of eyeball the machines like I did and say, what are those torture chambers that you're looking at with all the straps and the springs and the poles? And I'll be like, oh, just come on in. So a lot of times I even have a um, an A sign out in front and I'll throw my specials out there. So I have, there's a, there's a wine bar in town too. And she has a huge TV up there and she just, she has advertisements for the local businesses. So I've been up there. So I get people from there. Um, and then I'll just get, we'll go out at, it and, you know, so, to party or whatever. And people go, what is this Pilates thing? So mm-hmm. I have an intro that I always do and I've had it forever. My intro is $40 for, um, you know, pretty much, it's a 45-minute session, but I love what I do, so it it always ends up being more, because I love talking about it, and I put them on the machines, and I have what's called Pilates tastings, things like that. I have, you know, come in and taste the equipment, and then maybe walk down the block to the wine bar and have that, so I did that even in Fort Collins, and I, I, um, I was in uh, a group, I was in an association with a, a liquor store and there was a wine. It was a wine, mostly wine specialty. So I would go have a Pilates tasting where they come in, try the machines and then go out and have a wine tasting outside. So you have to be creative when you're doing yeah. a small town. You have to get yourself in. You have to know what has to work. You know, so I've been to have a huge Apple Fest here as a center. A huge festival because they have orchards all over the place wineries orchards so apple fest is huge but you get people from all over the the, the state so mm-hmm. i tried that and that really wasn't my area to focus on So, I but i had to find it out The whole, you yeah. know i had to find it out by trial and error yeah. so you do things like that you get very creative where you are and you find your niche and It's been fun. People have been very accepting and I get more people in because they're just, what what does this thing do? What does this machine do? And what are you going to do for me? And that's my job. Once I get them in, they're usually, they usually end up staying.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, you're spreading Pilates to a new, you know, totally new demographic of people who probably would never have known about it if you hadn't have been there. So I think that's really cool. Right. Um, right. Yeah, but you mentioned um, Facebook ads have been really beneficial for you. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. How often are you doing those and what kind of return do you see from them?
2: I have my, uh, I have a Facebook page and then I, I'll have a special that I run and then I'll boost that ad out there. And I do about a couple, It's it's been a half on, half off. It, it depends on the season and when, and when it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the Advertising on the Facebook page, like the post, they have a Cedar Ridge post here and, you know, welcome to Cedar Ridge or welcome to Delta. Because remember, there's other towns around here that I pull from also. Um, So I'll advertise on their, their sites. And I do um, them maybe about once every two weeks or so, you know, depends on I'll, I'll do a monthly special. But then I'll say, hey, there's, you know, there's a golf course. That's the main center in town. So I'll say, hey, I have a Pilates for golfers coming up. And I'll just burst that out. And I'll go to the golf course and I'll make sure that I'm on their page. I'll make sure because it's a small town and they don't have a chamber of commerce. They lost their chamber of commerce when COVID hit. So business owners we're kind of on our own. And this goes to everything. Even even, you know, when COVID hit, we all had to scramble and do things. But it just seems like the Facebook is is okay. But, you know, I, I just find other ways to advertise too. But that's been my main thing to get the word out is my Facebook. So I'll do that. I'll update that and I'll have my post, my Facebook page, and I'll throw little things on there and my Instagram ones and things like that. But again, they're not that big on the Instagram memo here. Facebook, yeah, but not so much. <laughs> it's been different.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You kind of have to learn the style of a whole new town. Um, Uh Yeah, but we've kind of gone over like what you're doing right now. What are your goals for the future? And you know, where do you want to see the gym um, in the next year, two years, three years down the road? What's like the Um, big picture?
2: I want to be able to add more because in Fort Collins, I had four machines, but two of them were the the other studio owners, my partners, uh, machines, and I did group classes. So my goal is to get more business, uh, to be able to go to a bigger space and then add more machines to it. I, and I'm four, four machines seems to be my I like that. And that's what it could sustain is four machines. I see it getting I see the Western Slope. Um, growing in, in, in popularity, just because the the northern part, the front range in Colorado is getting pretty busy. And for a lot of people who've been here for a while, they want to move. So yeah, my goal is to be able to have more machines, bring in another instructor. Um, I love to, if somebody wants to start, um, actually getting their certification and mentor them like I was mentored and give them a chance to, you know, practice, do their practice and come in and join in. I would love to have another teacher in here. So that's my goal, more machines, bigger space, and another instructor or more instructors so we can work together.
1: Awesome. Yeah, this sounds like what you have, but like leveled up to like a bigger scale. um, Yes. Now. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, What would you say is like your biggest challenge right now um, on your way to that goal?
2: The biggest challenge right now is um, getting clients, getting clients. That's what I'm, I just just moved here in July. So it's knowing how to get people in the door and then keeping them in the door. You know, I have my regular, I already have about about 10, 15 clients now that are regular, but Mm -hmm. they kind of fall off at different times of the year. So it's more of a challenge of what people want here and then how to get more people in.
1: Totally, is there like a tourist population in your town that you see, kind of like a a transient population? Yes, Yes. Okay, gotcha. That's what we're after now. Gotcha, what's the busy time of the year there?
2: The busy time of the year, we're we're about 30 minutes away from a ski area called Powderhorn. And that is because right up about 20 minutes from us is uh, the Grand Mesa. And that's a Grand Mesa National Forest. So a lot of people will come from other areas to go up into that forest because there's there's also a ski area up there. But in the summertime, there is a huge mountain biking population up here. Um, and hiking fishing there's still over 300 lakes so you have a lot of people who stay in VRBOs around town so we're I'm working right now with the um, the wine, one of the other uh, restaurants in town or business owners in town there's a group of us saying how can we get those VRBO people in here you know that's what we're working on now my I have rack cards that I put in all the hotels in town and then one of the hotels in town are well known for their marquee so it's huge so she's like give me it tell me what you want tell me what your special is and she throws it up there for like they have a big biker rally here they have you know the festivals here they have the wineries here so you're right we're we're trying to get those people who stay on the outskirts of town and up there to come down and and um come in some of the services because it's a you know Huge music place. There's a there's a uh, music producer who who's been here for a while. He's a, he was in Nashville. So he gets all these musical acts that are passing through Utah to come in and say, Hey, on your way to Utah, why don't you play here in town So we get these bands coming into town? So yes, you're right. We're trying to get there as a as a business community, since we don't have a chamber of commerce, we just took it up amongst ourselves and just said, well, let's get together. Let's start talk about this brainstorming. How are we going to get these people through town? So it's been it's been pretty good. That's what we're working on now.
1: Yeah, I love to hear that you network with other business owners and you kind of all pull together and think, you know, how can we make each other stronger as a community uh, and all work together in that way? That's really cool. Um, And another benefit of, of a small town, I think that doesn't happen as much. Somewhere super big like Austin, Texas, where there's thousands and thousands of businesses. So,
2: and and that's the thing. It's being a big fish. I mean, being a little fish in a big pond, and then now all of a sudden you're the big fish, and you're looking around, going, "Okay, the pond's really small. What am I going to do?" Um, but even in you know, even in Fort Collins, we had a great um, group of instructors that we all kind of worked, you know networked together and we each had our strengths. It was funny because I had mentioned the hips being redone. Well, I had instructors around town in other studios that I had known and taught with. Well, they get somebody who was, you know, just fresh from getting hip surgery and they went through the PT for it. Now they want to get back working out and they go, oh, just just go to Mirror studio. Just here's a card. Just go there. So that's what I like to do. I like to do that. And I I think I'm going to try and do that same thing here. Because of course, you know, with other some areas, sometimes people don't want to network or you're they're afraid you're going to take business away. But I like to dig that through and say, no, you know what? We can we can actually feed each other business, enough business. There's enough business to go around, you know, to do that. So I'm trying to get my foot in the door now and get a wellness fair going and not just, you know, because they have a health fair, but mm-hmm. I, I've been around to a couple of the businesses, the um massage therapist, you know, the PT, the chiropractor, and just say, look, we need to have a wellness fair, not drawing blood. But to services such as ours to show these other towns, so that's what we're working on now, show these other towns and areas, people coming through to say, these are the services, and maybe then draw up maybe a rack card or something to list all the services and put, on the v- put in the VRBOs. So a yeah. town can look at this and go, hey, wait a minute, I do Pilates in Austin, Texas, but I'm here on a visit, so I'm going to go and contact Mary for a studio and do a session. So yeah. things like
1: that. Yeah, I think that's super important. Getting the word out that you offer, you know, a class or a couple class packages. That way, you aren't turned off by the fact that oh, I'm not a member there, I can't go to Pilates when I'm vacation right. or Yeah, just kind of getting the word out that you're there um, to people who might be transient. I think that'll be super important going forward too. Um, before we start to wrap things up, I this is my favorite question to ask. What would you give to a piece of advice? What would you give as a piece of advice to someone who wants to open their own studio? Um, a lot of our listeners are prospective gym owners um, and they listen, you know, for tidbits that they can take away. So maybe something that you would tell yourself back in 2019 before you opened doors or someone who might be listening, what would you say to them?
2: Um, to open up the studio first, right? I I remember when I sat down and I was signing that lease And I remember being so excited going, okay, I am just going to go out there. That's it. I'm just signing this lease. And then walking out the door after signing the lease going, what did I do? What did I do? And then, you know what? Basically take a breath, right? Don't overexpand. Okay. No, first down, get, get, start small if you can, right? And then see what is available. If you're buying a business then you have the clientele and it's different. But if you're starting brand new, start with start with a level that you can handle. It's not going to get out of control. And then you can always expand. You, know, okay. you can always expand. That's And that's what my thing was, is I said, okay, I started... And I was borrowing the equipment in the studio from my from the business partner and um then from there I said okay i I can make a living with this I can you know I can pay the rent so i so I then I made the investment for more equipment and then as I got bigger then I made the more investment for the equipment and the equipment that I have that's what my biggest fear was moving down here and saying, oh God, I'm opening another studio. am I crazy? Am I going to pay my rent?" But then I, yes, and I was able to pay it. Just had that one climb, able to pay the rent. But yeah, I would say just, I like the way I started. I had a business partner and I do miss teaching with another instructor. That's why I want somebody else in here. But I would say if you have somebody who you can mentor with, that would be awesome. But if not, start small, start small and then expand from there because you can always grow.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't bite it.
2: off more you can chew and then get yourself out there. Throw yourself out there. Doesn't yeah. matter. Throw yourself out there.
1: Yes, I love that. That is a good place to, to wrap things up. That's great advice um, for our listeners out there. Um, do you have a social media we can follow you along on? What's your Facebook? Um, what's your website? Tell us where oh, you
2: find The can. website is aspirepilatesco.com and the Facebook is uh, Aspire Pilates.
1: Awesome. Perfect. AspirePilatesCO.com and on Facebook, Aspire Pilates. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, Mary, so much for being on the podcast today. Um, We really appreciate your contribution.
2: Thank you, Hannah. And I'd like to add one more thing. If there is anybody out there who's thinking of starting and they're just really nervous, please reach out. I would love to hear from them. I'd love to field your questions, phone phone call, because my, the gal who mentored me, Karen, was the same way. She said, how can I pay, you know, I said, how can I pay you back? And then she's just said, just pay it forward. So that's what I'm about to, I just would love to pay it forward. If somebody's nervous, I would love to talk to them and explain to them and just laugh and just say, you know what, don't take yourself so serious all the time. Just do it, do it." it. What's the best way to reach
1: you through Facebook?
2: Um, through Facebook or my website, there's uh you can leave me a message on the website, message me there. Um, but on the W, uh, There's also a way for a contact on there. Please contact me on there or my email. Also aspire co at gmail.com.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Thank you Mary, for everything that you contributed to us today on the podcast. Thank
2: you, Hannah. It was a pleasure meeting you.
1: Oh, you too. Um, to all of our listeners out there we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe and if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
3: what's going on everybody welcome back to the gym lords podcast i'll be your host today and my name is joseph joining us on the show is kristen from ln crossfit located in lincoln united kingdom welcome to the show kristen how are you doing today
4: i'm very good joseph thanks for having me
3: of course uh kristen first of all i want to thank you for you know taking the time out of your gym or you know day to contribute to our show i'm very excited for our conversation um. So let's just start. Let's just dive right in. So you know, for our listeners' understanding of how you got to where you are today, Kristen, um, what was the inspiration behind you know gym ownership? Why did you want to own a gym?
4: Um, it's a, a very interesting question and one I ask myself frequently. Um, I definitely, um, did not anticipate being in the role that I'm in. Um, I moved over from Canada to the UK about almost 20 years ago now, and my degree was in criminology. So, Mm. and then I worked in sales. So I definitely came at it from an angle of this is not, uh, certainly not planned. I, um, discovered CrossFit here in the UK in 2012. I had the stereotypical life-changing experience with that it completely um changed my relationship with my body i lost some excess body fat i got much better healthier habits and became a happier person and had that moment of oh my god i want to do this forever mm-hmm. Um, I was very lucky to have a coach who was willing to train me. So I worked as his intern. Um, this was in the very early days of CrossFit in the UK. So there weren't very many other affiliates around. I was very lucky to found the one I did. Um, Mm -hmm. I got my certification and, um, was then invited to come and work at a gym that was opening in a nearby place called Lincoln. And I didn't even know where Lincoln was (laughs) I traveled there and met with my friend um, and that was in 2013. And long story short, I was sort of brought onto the ownership team um, a few years later, um, and one by one, bought all of my business partners out. So since 2017, I have been the sort of sole owner of of LN CrossFit. Um, but if you told me 10 years ago that I would be sat in my office in Lincoln having a conversation about my tenure as a, a longstanding CrossFit affiliate, I would have laughed in your face.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the long tenure of gym ownership is by far one of the most fulfilling things anyone can do. Cause it's, it's not always easy and you're like always serving other people and, you know, helping them to improve their health. Um, and basically, you know, their longevity. So great backstory there. Um, that's a, good foundation to where we will bring our conversation today. So let's dive right into the business side of things, Kristen. Okay. Um, for our listeners' understanding of what you do at your facility, why don't you give them your elevator pitch and the services that you offer to your membership base?
4: Okay. So um, at Ellen CrossFit in Lincoln, we say that our mission statement is to serve the needs of anyone in our community who feels that their fitness and well-being needs are not being met in commercial gyms or in traditional health and fitness environments so that that's it we're here to help the people who have not been able to find help elsewhere and whether that is because they don't feel comfortable in commercial gyms whether they have illnesses or injuries that they think preclude means they can never be fit um whether it's just confidence issues um, we want the ordinary people who want to be slightly more extraordinary um that translates into, like, our primary offer is we are a CrossFit affiliate. We're about to celebrate our 10th anniversary as an affiliate. We Congratulations. offer Thank you. Uh, we offer, so we offer CrossFit classes. Um, we have seven classes a day from early mornings to evenings. Um, and we also do specific barbell training. So we have mm-hmm. a barbell club um, where people can improve their um, Olympic lifting. We run gymnastics workshops. We do we do competitions. So everything that you would expect in a sort of well stocked, long standing CrossFit gym. Um, in addition to that, we have sort of some of the ancillary services that you would expect to see in a strength and conditioning gym. I have a nutrition qualification, and I run a nutrition um, coaching business alongside those things. We have a all singing, all dancing body composition scanner. Um, all of our members get comprehensive body composition scans every 90 days and that's just to help them understand the changes that are taking place in their body Um, because as you know strength and conditioning doesn't always translate on the scale what people expect Um, so we've invested in that machine to help people better understand the changes that are going on with them we have a full-time sports therapist who um she doesn't work for me. She rents a space here and has been instrumental in keeping our athletes and our coaches um, fit and well aligned. And, and aligned and making sure that we're paying attention to those little niggles and pains that we love to ignore. Um, so she's been absolutely fantastic and absolute blessing to this business. Um, we have... Obviously our athletes will seek help from her if they need it, but also her clients have been turned into members. So her clients come in who have maybe never seen this style of training before and they're looking through the windows of the gym and she's a member, she trains here. So she's been fantastic for recommending um, our classes to um, her patients or clients if she thinks that we would be beneficial to them. Uh, So that's been a really excellent sort of symbiotic relationship. Um, We also have an upstairs studio where we run a not-for-profit company called the Strong Girl Squad, and that is where some of our female coaches will go out into local secondary schools, so essentially high schools here in the UK, and teach girls um, between the ages of 11 and 18 how to lift weights um, so we go out, we fill the van full of barbells and we go out to local secondary schools, some of which are in quite remote areas. Lincolnshire is a very rural, um, very spread out county in the UK. So some of these communities are are quite out of the way, um, not very well serviced. Maybe there isn't even a gym in that town. Um, and we're going out and putting barbells in girls' hands. So, yeah, a lot going on under one roof. Yeah. Um, but we sort of have always thought of this place as being instead of, I mean, everybody loves to say, oh, it's more than just a gym. Um, but we think of it as being like a, a health and wellness community center.
3: Mm-hmm. So yeah, it kind of sounds kind of like, like a one-stop shop for all your needs. I mean, if you want to get your nutrition, it's there. Yeah. If you want to do some gymnastics, it's there. If you you know, are a young lady in, in high school, we're here for you. If you want to do classes, we're here for you. Uh, yeah,
4: we we want to make a place where people feel as though their health and well being is supported mm-hmm. on all sides,
3: um, and that they're not only looked at as a dollar sign; they're actually looked at as a human being.
4: As a human being, as a you know, I'm I'm fond of saying, I know all of my members by name. I mm-hmm. know their wives and husbands' names. I know their kids' names. I know where they go on holiday. I know if you know. I know that. Chris has a dodgy knee from when he blew it out playing football when he was 17. Like, you know, they're they're very much individuals to us. And their individual journey from where they start to their ideal fitness level is really important to us. And so we're trying to support it from all sides, basically.
3: And that also, you know, helps with the retention of the facility because if you're able to cultivate those relationships with your members and your staff, I mean, then you are set up for success in a way um so with the crossFit classes you said that you have approximately seven classes a day so that's about 49 classes a week right
4: that's about right even as I said that I counted again in my head and I'm like no Kristen it's six classes a day um, okay so we have we have six classes a day 6 a.m 10 a.m uh, four five six and seven p.m um and that's Monday to Friday there are a few classes taken out here and there where we do our crossfit kids classes or barbell but that's pretty much um what we have on every day um it's interesting like i think of uh, scheduling as being one of the things that is like not contentious but that new gym owners want to be like okay what's my timetable going to be like i need to be able to be open 24 hours mm-hmm. a day because otherwise i'm going to miss business um, and, uh, we found, we certainly felt that way when we started, we're like, we gotta be open from yeah. whenever 6.00 AM to midnight, 12 to 12, <laughs> 12 to 12. Just, yeah, absolutely. Like, don't bother putting a lock on the door. Cause we're never going to shut. Um, but what you find very quickly is that your, your catchment, your community will kind of vote with their feet. And if you pay attention to that, and if you have a system where you can track attendances, you will very quickly come up with like the six hours a day that you have to be offering classes. Um, And it's different everywhere. I have friends who train in Vancouver, in British Columbia, in the West Coast of Canada. And the gym that they train at has a class, I am not kidding, at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m. And those Uh, are their peak classes. Oh, dang, okay. yeah, because people get up early in <laughs> and they have stuff to do. And like, if I ran a 5 a.m. class here, I would be here in the dark by myself. <laughs> like it would just, it would be
3: complete work. and totally different, uh, you know, ways of life there. So, um, so it's approximately like 30 classes a week and, um, you know, got a quite a bit other, you know, services there. Um, so what is the size of the facility?
4: So we are in what would be called a double unit. So it's two 2,500 square foot units that has been knocked through into one. So we have two garage doors Mm -hmm. and two front doors, if you like, although we've taken one out of commission. Um, So we're 5,000 square feet, which is a pretty decent size for a box in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, The commercial rents over here are... Astronomical compared to say the U.S. or Canada, mm-hmm. um, so that was something that I was acutely aware of when, obviously, when I got involved with the first gym, which was half the size of the one we're in now,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and then when we looked to move, we moved the facility about five years ago. Um, and you know, you look at the rents and you think, oh my god,
3: that's How so much.
4: <laughs> but you know, it it it's the market, so you you mm-hmm. do what you can with what you have. Um, so yeah, we're, we're very fortunate now to have a facility that definitely meets our needs and that we will, like, this is our, I can always refer to it as our forever home. Mm. Um, because, and we're very fortunate that we have incredibly understanding landlords who have let us make adjustments to the building to make it better for what better suited to our needs. Um, so yeah, we're fortunate to have a really good relationship
3: with them. That is good to hear. So mm-hmm. with those 30 classes a week in the 5,000 square feet, on average, you know, how many people do you serve, you know, per month? How many people are you serving right now?
4: We as I say, I are are in unique or rather our specific membership number is always a closely guarded secret, but I can mm-hmm. tell you that it is somewhere between 150 and 200 people. Mm-hmm. Um so our membership base is is between those two numbers and it sort of waxes and wanes throughout the year, mm. but, you know, always on an increase, always on a steady incline. Um, and the great thing about people who do CrossFit is uh, they're here all the time. Mm. So we
3: addiction after a while.
4: will, right. We <laughs> prefer to refer to it as an obsession, but yeah, yeah, we, we see of those 150, 200 people, we see most of them at least once a month, if not many, many times a week. Um, so yeah, we, we've, we've organized the timetable to best serve the clients that we have. Um, and I've often said, and I, I've said this, in fact, to a few new gym owners who, when they're looking at their timetable, I've said, you can be open 24 hours a day, but everyone's going to want to train at 6 p.m. on a Monday night. It, it doesn't matter how many other options you give them. They're all going they to want to do that
3: one thing. Yeah.
4: They want to do those peak times. Mm. So, you know, if you find that, you know, and sometimes our 6 PM on a Monday night is sold out. And what do you know, people naturally migrate to any other time of the day that they can do. Mm. Um, so um, we've, we've learned to be a little bit patient with our timetabling and let it settle. If We make a change And it's like, oh, God, that class is just sold out with a waiting list. I can't believe it. Um, Just let it settle. People will elect to train another time. Or the converse, which is when we started our 6 a.m. class, um, it took a long time for that 6 a.m. crew to build. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think sometimes new gym owners get a little bit nervous. They put a 6 a.m. class on for three weeks and it doesn't take off. It takes longer than that.
3: You need to have patience Probably with enough. the process. You have to you really have. test it out, see how the, how the membership base, you know, kind of reacts to it. Um,
4: it takes so, a long time to accumulate enough crazy people who want to train at yeah. 6 a.m.
3: And enough attention over time.
4: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was a big lesson for us was um, to be patient when mm-hmm. we were working on, when we were timetabling. Because the tendency is like, you put the class on, nobody comes, we cancel it. It's like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs>
3: that's important in, you know, everything that you do in life. But um, Kristen, I do want to dive into the marketing side of things. So okay. what are you guys doing right now to, you know, consistently bring in, you know, new people, new leads every single month?
4: So um, we are operating, obviously, we, we're trying to be active on social media. Um we have a Facebook page that has been running for a very long time. We reluctantly got an Instagram. No, that's not true. We got into Instagram right around the same time. Um I have some of my younger members trying to teach me how to use TikTok. It's going slowly. Mm-hmm. Um but we know that we we rely as do so many niche businesses on social media and word of mouth marketing.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Um, I actually came out of the business that I was working in before I started being in CrossFit full-time was also a very niche business. Mm -hmm. And so I learned a lot about niche business marketing where, you know, there is absolutely no point in us spending money on newspaper advertising or radio advertising, or even flyers or anything Mm -hmm. that is going to be distributed to a mass market, um, because, CrossFit and, and gyms like it, strength and conditioning gyms are not mass market. It's going to appeal to a very thin wedge of the population. And our job is to find those people, um, if caught in a cost-effective way, and really the very best way that niche businesses grow is always word of mouth. Mm-hmm. It's always people bringing friends. It's people bringing their partners, bringing their kids, and so a good bit of advice that I would suggest to anybody who, you know, is like, well, how do I market a new gym? You make it as easy as possible and as attractive as possible for your existing members to bring their friends. Mm-hmm. So You do free taster sessions or you do a referral bonus or you do a bring a friend day or something like that, because your obviously your members are going to be your best advertising. Mm-hmm. They already love it.
3: And, and it's easier to, you know, upgrade the already paying members to higher, you know memberships or levels of the business rather than having a cold lead come in and having to sell them on a new membership exactly. so why not just you know take advantage of your you know membership right now um,
4: definitely making your offer as relevant as possible to your existing membership as you say is, is critical like an upsell is only as useful as your ability to back it up mm-hmm. so You know, if you're gonna offer nutrition coaching, make sure it's good. Like make Mm -hmm. sure it supports the goals that your members actually have. Um it it, it's yeah, it's not simply as you I know you said take advantage. I know that's not exactly what what we mean. It's leverage the members you Mm -hmm. already have and give them more of what they need. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Take advantage of the opportunity that you have, not not take advantage of your members, of course. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned that you have social media, so Facebook and Instagram. So uh, do you mainly, you know, post organically on there or do you also use the paid advertising side of things?
4: Um, We have experimented with both. Okay. Um, I have gone down the road of paid advertising in the past. Obviously, everybody starts organically and then inevitably you get really bored of managing your social media and somebody comes along and says, pay me to do this. And you go, yes, great, fantastic. We didn't get the return on investment that we were anticipating with the paid media. Um, so, uh, again, because this is not, because this is not mass market, we were getting leads, we were getting new footfall through the door, but they weren't our kind of people.
3: Why do you think that was happening? That's interesting.
4: I don't know. In retrospect, I don't know if it was because whoever the the paid media people were, were they showing our ads to not quite our people. Like, was their algorithm not quite right? I didn't know enough at the time Mm -hmm. to be able to, I didn't have a vocabulary to be able to discuss that with them. I since learned a lot about paid media, working with another company that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a yoga studio for a while and we had paid media with them and it was really effective. And now I understand why. So at the time I just was like, this is, you know, "I I thought it was my fault because we were getting the leads through the door and we were getting them to do their taster session. And we were doing the exact same thing that we had done with organically generated leads, but they weren't signing up.
3: Mm.
4: And so I was like, you know at the time I was like, it must be me. It must be, I'm not a good enough salesperson mm. when now I look at it and I'm like, I don't think those people actually knew what CrossFit was, or maybe they weren't really that interested or what, I don't know. Mm. So I guess my advice on that is if you are going to go down the route of paid media, and there are so many excellent um, marketing agents out there who who do understand the gym, um, the the strength and conditioning gym market, um, be like, have, maintain a good relationship with that paid media. Don't just think, right, I'm paying you now, and it's your job. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that they are actually bringing in your people, qualified people. The yeah. people who are going to become your members, because yes, it is a numbers game, but if you're offering a niche product, you're going to be, you, you're looking for a very specific person to come through the door. Um, so at the minute we do it all organically. Okay. Um, and over the years, obviously now that we've built, we have you know, we haven't got a million followers, but we have enough local followers in our not very big city um, that I can see the difference. When I really put my foot down on social media, when I really put the gas down and I'm investing more time and energy in it, I see the return on investment. I see the people coming through the door. So
3: um,
4: yeah, that was a really interesting, that was a great learning experience. That was, I was like, I don't understand why this isn't working.
3: And that is interesting because I mean, from my knowledge of using Facebook advertising in the past, like you're able to target certain personas and their interests. So that's, that's interesting. And I've since learned how to do people. that
4: myself. Yeah,
3: so that, now I that took. That is good.
4: Yeah. I took not that long ago, I um, went on a course, which was like how to understand Facebook marketing 101 mm. Facebook marketing for dummies. Mm. And I was shown how to use the back end of Facebook ads so you could filter and target really effectively. There was a lot of information about like, here's how much money you really have to put behind a campaign mm-hmm. in order for it to be successful. And I didn't work like that for it to actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was a much, I think I paid, I want to say I paid like 300 pounds to go on this course.
3: Mm.
4: And that was a way better investment. Than and the money that I paid. Paying the, the marketing agency
3: I, who didn't give you anything.
4: <laughs> who, for whatever reason, maybe it was me, I don't know. But I've had other experiences with paid media, like I said, with this other company where it
3: worked a charm. I was like, yeah huh, weird. So, yeah. It happens it, a lot in our industry too, because I mean, anybody can market, but especially with our industry, you have to know, you know, our customers' pains. Well, opportunity levers basically because sometimes pain isn't a thing they just want to get better um so you know moving forward are you like considering going back to pain media or do you just want to stick straight to the uh organic side of social media
4: i would never say never um but at the moment we seem to have Uh, a pretty good head of steam going with, like I've gotten into a pretty good rhythm of making sure that our social media is reasonably well updated Mm -hmm. with relevant content, like content that I believe will attract our ideal client. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just, I would never say never. And Mm -hmm. if somebody came to me and said, I have an offer you can't refuse, I would of course listen and and give them a try. Um, But yeah, it, it, at the moment it seems to be ticking over okay, mm-hmm. um, on on the organic side.
3: Yeah, so I was uh, curious. So with the organic uh, marketing, there, let's just say you post a piece of content and someone comments on it. Do you guys have a process in place that you know reaches out to them to potentially turn them into a paying member at your facility?
4: Uh, we have a process, which is me. Uh, we have. Um, It's so strange because, no, it's not strange because I've set it up this way, but basically on, we don't tend to get a lot of comments on our posts Hmm. because most of our posts are end with a call to action, which is click the link in our bio, Hmm. right? And the link in the bio sends you directly to a great big button that says, start here. Yeah right? If they don't
3: click that, there's something wrong.
4: Well, it's like, if you don't click that button, then maybe you're not that interested. So they click the button and it literally puts them onto our system and they get given a free taster pass with an explanation of what that means. It means they can come to any CrossFit class and one of our coaches is going to meet them at the door and take good care of them and make sure that they know what they're doing and make sure that they're sweaty, safe, and smiling by the end of the class. So what I guess is, you know, we do have a process, but the process has been streamlined so that that funnel essentially directs them straight to the taster session. Mm -hmm. Because we know, or we believe from the many years of experience, that if I can get you through the door, and I can get you into one of my classes, and I can introduce you to the gang, and I can show you a good time, that is the best possible way That is my most likely sale that I'm going to close, Mm -hmm. is if I can get you here. Um, And it also kind of separates the people who really aren't attracted to this kind of training. You'll, I always say, you'll know at the end of your first session, whether it's for you or not. so yeah the process is is just that really we have a link in bio it goes straight to our become a new member get a free pass book a class it's bing bang you know bish bash bosh um we don't tend to get a lot of comments or questions on the posts and if we do i answer them because it's a five second
3: job solid so um I'm wondering here over the next 12 months or so, because obviously, you know, we're in the new year now. It's January 4, 2023. Uh, What is the main focus for the business? You know, where do you want to bring this thing, you know, a year from now?
4: Great question. What a great question. So um, we are in very much a consolidating year. Um, I don't know if this is the same story that you are hearing from other gym owners in the UK, but the combination of the energy cost rise and, um, a few other changes, which have taken place, which means that basically a few of us are in for some pretty hefty rate rises Mm -hmm. over the next little while. So, um, we have taken this as what we would call a consolidation year. So we are probably not going to be spending vast sums of money on new equipment. We are probably not going to be investing in um, any major changes or you know any major pivots. Um, we will be very much focusing on recruitment and retention um to the expense of almost all other things like we don't have any competitions uh planned in-house comps for this year yep. um yeah and and that you know that is the the scary truth about owning a business, which is you can be 10 years in and the economy can suddenly go, oh, sorry about Goodbye. it, bye yeah. yeah. You're, oh, you you survived the pandemic. okay, let's go round two. Mm-hmm. Um, which is you know the cost of living crisis, which the UK is very much under the the weight of at the moment. Um, so I guess you know the only thing that this exp- that that all this experience has given me is the patience or the the confidence to say, we're just going to chill out this year guys. We're going we're gonna to keep doing what we do. We're going to do it to the very best of our ability. We're going to serve the right people in the right way. Um, but we are not going to, you know, this is not a year for what's next, what's next, what's next. Um, and I, again, I don't know how many other gym owners you've been speaking to in the UK, um, but the pandemic was devastating. And most of us are still recovering from that and now we have the cost of living crisis. So yeah, yeah it's um it's going to be a year where we put our members' well-being at the center of what we do because they need it most now. Um yeah, that's our that's our 12-month plan, look after our people.
3: Yeah, so what is your guys' plan to, you know, improve well, either increase or improve the retention there? Cuz obviously you want to keep the people inside the facility. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: So, um, we are focusing on things like, um, the CrossFit open, which starts in end of February, which is obviously a big global event that takes place every year. We turn it into a massive Friday night party for three weeks. Mm -hmm. We encourage every member to sign up, whether they've been doing CrossFit for 10 minutes or 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, so focusing on community events we're running quite a lot of stuff for charity in the new year um we're going to be i'm running the london marathon in april Ugh. fun you know why i thought that was a good idea um, <laughs> that's going to be in an effort to raise money for the strong girls squad but we're also while i'm in london doing that we're going to have an event here at the gym which is going to be a fundraiser um for that same project so focusing on um Community oriented projects where people can, uh, community oriented events, where mm-hmm. people can, as you said, you know, the gym is not just the gym, it's the center of their kind of their, their well being it's their happy place. That's yes. kind of the word that's in my head, when I'm thinking about how are we you know what are we going to do in 2023, we're going to continue to make this into the happy place mm-hmm. um, and really support our members physical and mental health. Yeah, so thought.
3: mainly, you know, what I'm hearing here is just like continuing to cultivate, fertilize, and, you know, grow those relationships that you already have.
4: Absolutely. And, and you know, not to say that, I mean, we we are constantly, constantly reviewing and upgrading the programming. Mm. Like that is just a, that's just a year on year, no matter what. We are always trolling through the data from previous years to make sure that our, our programming, that our workouts are balanced and that they are really effective mm-hmm. so that we know that our members are getting the best possible bang for their buck for the hour that they spend with us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a given, is making sure that the, the core of our offer is good. We are investing in coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took on quite a few coaches last year, and we are continually investing in their um, knowledge and development um, to make sure that no matter who is stood at the front of the class, our members are getting the best possible um, uh, experience. Um, so, we've, it, it, I guess, we have elected to spend money on people, not things. I guess that's a good way of describing it. Like, you know, we might not be getting uh, a big kit upgrade this year, um, but that money is going to go towards training for the coaches instead. Um, So those are the kinds of decisions that are getting made at the minute.
3: Yeah, I like to hear that. And it sounds like you guys are growth minded and you just want to maximize the location right now of where you guys are currently at, because obviously this crisis is like in hand all around the world, not only in the UK, but over here in the US too. Um, But Kristen, it does look like we are running short on time. But before we hop off the podcast, I would love for you to share that one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self getting into this gym business?
2: Oh my God. The
4: one piece of advice, um, back yourself. I would go back to that girl 10 years ago and tell her that her imposter syndrome is the one thing that is going to stop her from getting anywhere. Um, to have, if you're going to do this, if you're going to be a gym owner, go into it with, um, a healthy balance of confidence and humility.
3: That's awesome, Kristen. And I <laughs> want to thank you for sharing that. That was, that was great to hear. Uh, you know, Reminds me of what I need to do too, is just take more action than to think about what I'm actually doing. Yes. Um, but yeah, again, Kristen, thank you for hopping on the podcast today. It was a pleasure speaking with you.
4: And you, Joseph, appreciate the opportunity.
3: Thank you. And to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
3: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off
1: all future supplement orders.
5: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us... On the show today, we have Mr. Mike Messner of Mad Fit Gym coming to you from Mansfield, Ohio. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you today?
6: Pretty good. Doing really good. Another new year starting, which is always a great energy time here in the gym. So excited about it. This is an optimistic time of
5: year. Yes. This is an optimistic time of year. We'll take it. Mike, obviously, MADFIT is going to be the the focus of our conversation today, so so context is important here. For the people who aren't familiar with you or aren't familiar with the MADFIT brand, how do you describe this? What is MADFIT in your words?
6: Um, MADFIT, we're basically just a locally owned 24-hour fitness facility that's really dedicated to our local community members and uh, making sure they're reaching their greatest fitness potential, that uh, we're really here to just encourage people. Everyone really wants to better themselves on some level. Um, it's just a struggle to figure out how.
5: Yeah. And so there's there's a number of components to this. And, and I think it's worthwhile to note that this is paired in tandem with another business that you own. Tell us a little bit about
6: that. Um, that's Budokai Martial Arts. That's really um, where I got my start kind of in the business of uh, fitness, and really passionate about martial arts. I've been doing that since the year 2000. um, And that just kind of progressed to the point where I was asked to be a trainer um, at a Y in town, um, and really found a passion for that as well. I just really like helping people feel better about themselves, you know, make some goals and achieve them. Um, And it really can change your life, um, both the fitness and the martial arts. So, So it's kind of an amazing combination of the two.
5: Yep. And so we've we've combined these two passions into formalized businesses. Now, take me back a little bit and tell me about how this whole thing originated. When was it that we officially got these businesses off the ground?
6: um basically I I started and got the idea uh, it was in 2000 and it was because of a health scare Um, I ended up in the hospital um, some heart issues didn't think I was even going to see my three girls again um, and it really made me completely change my philosophy and thoughts and went from being 250 pounds almost at the time to deciding it was time to get healthy, get in shape. I, I have heart history in my family. So if I wanted to be around long, I was going to have to start taking better care of myself. I, I went gung-ho into martial arts um, and fitness, uh, really turned my entire life around, felt better, you know. looked better. Um, just everything about my life turned on a dime. And, and once you experience that, then you're like, how do I make other people see how this change could really just change their life? Uh, And that's when I became passionate um, about wanting to start teaching in the martial arts, was helping my instructor at that time, um, was working at a Y, you know, just kind of helping there and was asked to be a trainer. And then that snowballed into, you know, continuing on from there.
5: Yeah. And so one thing led to another. Here we are, a a business owner, a multiple business owner. Look back on that time for a minute, Mike. Tell me, first and foremost, what's been your favorite part about owning these businesses and follow that up with what's been the hardest part about owning these businesses.
6: Gotcha. Um, favorite part is is literally the people. Um, and, and especially now that I've been doing it for so long, on both sides, I see people come back now that started here you know, in the gym or in the martial arts as like a kid or a teenager, um now it's been i've had the gym for almost 14 years they come back and they've been you know through school now they've been in the military they're coming back and they're just on leave or something like that and they're a whole different person and i hear story after story of people that were just inspired um by the people here not just me but we really have great members here that It's unlike any community I've seen in a gym before, especially in a gym, um, of everyone really helping each other, talking to each other. So many people now walk around with their headphones in. They don't even acknowledge other people in a gym. This one, I just had a guy come back at the end of 22, in the end of December, said he had been somewhere else. And he's like, I just came back here because this is the cheers of gyms. If you remember Mm -hmm. the old television show, Cheers.
5: Don't we all? Yeah. And so everybody knows your name. flip that around mike everybody that spent time in our industry knows that that it's not all sunshine and rainbows and and we take our bumps and our bruises in this this (laughs) sport of running a gym what's been the hard part what's been the biggest challenge for you
6: um there's been so many it's crazy um two years (laughs) after yeah two years after we opened the gym we had a, a planet fitness come into town and and okay and it was like two months after that, another box chain came within a quarter mile of my gym. So I, I really got my legs swept out from under me at that point. Um, really didn't know if I was even going to make it, you know. And then mm. finally, you start that chugging back up the road, and then 2020 happens. So it's... Indeed it did. <laughs> which has been, you know, a whole nother challenge. But and in, in a lot of ways, it's ended up good. It gave us a chance to actually... Um, come in and, and brand our gym better, brand the martial arts. You know, okay. really put the look together. Silver
5: lining at least.
6: Yes. So and from that
5: a, from a purely membership standpoint, have you guys made it back to to pre pandemic
6: numbers? Yes, we have. We've even hit new records towards uh, you know about about March of last year in 2022. We hit a new record here. Um, which was amazing. I I was blown away to see that happen after the pandemic, but as soon as the doors opened, people just rushed back in. They wanted to get out and be out in public again.
5: Yeah. And, and so let's, let's explore that. Cause that's, that's worthwhile. People that listen to this show a lot of the time tune in just to hear ideas or, or ways that they can get some people into their facilities. Yeah. Walk me through, marketing for you post pandemic. What's worked, what hasn't worked?
6: Oh man, marketing. That's, that's like the constantly trying to hit the target that's always moving. Um, I really feel marketing is difficult. And I, I ironically my wife has a master's degree in marketing. And you know she works for our local chamber here in town uh, is phenomenal. But even with all that great help, Um, it's really tough, you know, things that you do that don't seem to get any traction. We've done billboards. Um, We did a billboard where you actually had a way to track everyone that went to the simple site on the billboard. Um, And that really was a bust for us. It just did not go over like we thought it would. Um, But however, it's getting your name seen. And and that's a win in itself just to get the recognition out. Um, But it seems a lot of things. Facebook used to be great. It's not as good anymore um hmm. i think do you the mean biggest, in terms
5: of, of advertisements or facebook as the platform in general
6: uh as advertisements i just don't feel it works yeah. as well as i used to get so much traction on my ads there um and hmm. anymore i do not as much okay. uh, word of mouth is always those? um i think i'm hoping people are kind of fed up with with a bit of the uh, social media side of things, that they want more personal interaction, that they're actually going to get out and go to places like a gym more often and actually talk with people.
5: <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice?
6: Yes. I think we're, and hopefully, think we're living
5: oh, in the hypothetical a little, but maybe. Right, maybe,
6: it. maybe. But um, it is like, hopefully, COVID did something that people also are really a little more concerned about their health. Um, and thinking more about getting out and getting exercise to be, you know, in better shape and not suffer as much.
5: Yeah. So, uh, with all of that in consideration, what do you think marketing will look like for you as you move forward? Do you plan to continue to run Facebook ads? Will that strategy change a little bit?
6: I will be continuing to do it. It's, you know, you've got to kind of plug everywhere you can, um, you know, my wife has even tried to push me that we should be doing some TikTok videos. Um, I'm just, I'm not a great fan of yeah, doing videos, the right? But that's thats where people are. They do like the videos. They want to see things. Um, we have put together something that that has worked for us is we got QR codes, like on all of our circuit machines now, and we've made videos uh, of my wife and I basically how to set up the machine. If you're on it, you can scan that QR code and it's us on that machine telling you how the settings work, where they should be, you know, and how to use that machine. So it's another option for people to make it simpler to get started.
5: Yep. Now, Take me to the next step here, Mike. Hypothetically, we get these leads, regardless of where it comes from. Word of mouth, they they walked in off the street, they yep. clicked a Facebook ad, whatever the source is. Walk me through what happens from that moment until that person eventually signs up. Who are they talking to? What's that conversation about? What do they sign up for?
6: Um, they, it's interesting. We actually got a program that would help supposedly to take people through that lead process, that it kind of tries to generate your leads, bring them in, funnel them down. Um, it would send some auto emails. And and I hate it. Uh, I absolutely hate it. The automation is great. The, the site does some great things. But to me, I want to talk to the people, you know, and and I'm, as soon as we get a lead that funnels in from the website, I'm emailing them. I, I don't call them. I think feel that's a little almost intrusive anymore. So I'll send them an email, you know, welcome them to come try it, um, offer them, you know, either our free trial, or if they want to do like in the martial arts, we have a two week paid trial where they get videos with it of everything they would be doing. Um, and just kind of encourage them to come in and give it a shot. Um, if they're still a little hesitant after that, um, I just welcome them. You know that hey, if you ever want to stop by, you're more than welcome to. I'll extend a three day trial to them to come in whenever they are ready and, and give it a shot. And uh, if they continue the conversation, great. If not, I just let them know, hey, just keep us in mind. If you have any friends or family and it's not your time to get started, uh, I'm not real high pressure. I, I don't like.
5: That's what I was going to say. It sounds like a very very laid back type of
6: process yes and and these programs the way it's set up they have so many messages have you ever seen any of these automated um programs that kind of there are many engage people and i thought it was a good idea Uh, it's it's not you know it's so much better just to be one-on-one and personal with people sure
5: i have a I have a tough time with
6: automated anything in our industry I think either it costs an outrageous amount and you
5: actually get a decent product. But at the end of the day, it just feels like you're talking to a human or it feels really robotic in which case we're probably pushing people away more than actually pulling people in. And so a lot of our industry has reverted back to much more manual techniques, whether it's calling on the phone, whether it's reaching out through an email, because I, I think if we're to be honest with ourselves, I think the average buyer's BS radar is finally tuned at this yes. point. I think people can tell if they're talking to a robot or not. Yes, uh, And so the the market comes full circle at least. So a lot of those conversations, we're funneling them in person. We offer some sort of trial or, or just to get their hands on the product in general. With your model, it's interesting because we, have multiple different services here do you find that you are are steering or suggesting people towards different options or is the 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 first step just to get a membership and then we can have that conversation down the road
6: um really when they call in they kind of have an idea whether they're thinking martial arts or gym i really try never to steer anybody in any direction even when they call for martial arts I'm the first guy to when they call in and they say, hey, you know, I really want to do martial arts. I I love jujitsu. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's not quite what we do here. You know, when I explain what we do do and I tell them, if you want jujitsu, you know, hey, go see Sean Chitwood. Uh, He's just a few miles away from us that's where you'd want to be. You know, if, Hey, if you want to do competitive Olympic style karate, you know, we don't do that. You know, you want to go see Chris Hirschberger over here at another place. Um, I really don't think anybody should be pushed into something they don't want. If they want MMA style fighting, you know, it's, I send them to Cody here in town. Um, So I, I really don't yeah. try to sear anybody anywhere.
5: Negative word of mouth travels far faster than positive word of mouth. I think that's that's right. something our industry has found out.
6: Yes.
0: Far and too even many
6: times. Even Planet Fitness, there is room for them. I believe there is room, there's room for more gyms. If everybody would just realize how important it is to feel good and be healthy.
5: Yep. Now big picture this. We've we've come through. A couple of challenging years here as gym owners, but as you look forward, what's what's the goal here, Mike? What do you see as the future of
6: Manfit? Um, Actually, in the next few years, I would like to see us break our record, of our record high again. Um, unfortunately, we're in a position where we don't have a huge parking lot. So I am limited on what I can do. Uh, right now we're at right about 400 members our record was 442. Um, I would like to see us hit 450 and eventually um, 500 over the three to five year period and actually I, I would like to take the gym more private at that point and just have a cap and say this we're not accepting any more members you can get on our wait list um, but we're capping it at this number yeah. I really am not interested. Is that number 500? Yeah, that number would be at the the highest 500. Okay. And that way nobody's cramped and uncomfortable. Um, I I think it would work much better than just trying to keep ramping up numbers and getting people too crowded.
5: Playing the hypothetical with me for a minute, Mike. We get to 500, the business is rocking out. What's What happens then? What's next for you at that point?
6: Um, at that point, to continue just refining my systems and making this place the best it can be, um, having good trainers, having good instructors in the martial arts, You know, adding extra courses, women's self-defense, coming more on the regular, um, just refining and making everything fine-tuned to be better, um, to really help service the community in a better way. Yeah, I think
5: it's it's an interesting question and a fun conversation to have because a lot of the time it results in, oh, I want to open up another location. Oh, I want to have two, three, four, five, ten of these in, in the next decade. But I appreciate your answer almost more than any of those because there are so many things for us to to tinker with and to improve and to button up before that's ever a reality. Far more often yep. is the case we go from one to two and both fail. Yep. Then we go from one to two and find wild levels of success. So I think, I think you're spot on here. It sounds like there's still plenty of opportunity within the, the resources and confines that you have. So it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up here we're running a bit shy on time but i want to save a little bit for you to to be able to tell our listeners where they can connect with you what's the best website what's the best social media how can people find out mad fit
6: um they can find us uh madfit.com with a hyphen mad hyphen fit.com is our website um we are actually on um Facebook as Madison Fitness Center. That's what we were originally, and we shortened it down to Mad Fit. Madison is a school district here. It's where I kind of went to school and grew up, uh, but it really pigeonholed us into a smaller group and segment where we had people from schools all over the area coming. So we rebranded back probably eight years ago to Mad Fit, uh, but never got it changed on uh, Facebook because they actually really have some control issues like they they don't see us as mad fit even (laughs) though i have a document that states it and all this other information they will not let me change my Uh name on there so that's a pain Uh, we also have budokai mansfield is the martial arts site that you can check us out at so that's another site they can reach us
5: connect with mike and and the team on those platforms that he just mentioned mike this has been awesome man i i really appreciate your willingness to share and and give us a behind the scenes look at these businesses and how they function. Like I said, I, I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. It sounds like even though we've been doing this for quite some time, we're kind of just catching our stride and, and looking forward to some momentum here. So that's all the time we have. I appreciate you joining us and I wish you nothing but the best.
6: Hey, Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate you having me on here. Thank you.
5: Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords
0: out.